0: Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, dear listener, I want to specially welcome you to the first episode of the Prevailing Word podcast with Emmanuel Adekule. I'm so excited to be your host on this podcast series. Thank you so much for joining in. And for as many of you who sent in your feedback over the trailer episode we had some time ago, thank you so much. Now, this is going to be our first episode on this podcast series. And I believe every time you come in here, you'll be so blessed in the world and established in the same. All right, so today I'll be sharing on what I titled The Word of His Grace. The Word of His Grace. Um, turn your Bibles to, with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 25 to 32. Acts chapter 20. We'll be reading from verse 25 to verse 32. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you because you are a good God. Thank you because you love us so much. Thank you for salvation we have in you. Thank you for righteousness and the forgiveness of sins we have today. Thank you because you have anointed me to bless your people in spiritual understanding. I receive clarity for everyone whose heart is open to receive God's word today. And I pray that Jesus is established in every heart. Thank you because we know that at the end of this, we all will be able to say that you have done exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us now. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right. The word of his grace. I'm so excited. All right. Let's go into the word. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20, verse 25. Want to go. And now, behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shown to declare unto you the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore unto yourselves and to your flock and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to the church of god which he had purchased with his own blood for i know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you not sparing the flock also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them therefore watch And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone day and night with tears. And verse 32, which is our emphasis. And now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Hallelujah. All right, we will quickly go through an introduction into the book of Acts. Okay, now the book of Acts um, actually is a continuation of the gospel according to Luke. Okay, and um, in it, Luke records how that the message of Christ was announced in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria onto the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we also see that it captures the movement of Christianity and the expansion of Christianity to other parts of Israel and to places as far as Rome. Praise God. And uh, we see that the book highlights the work of two apostles, um, Apostle Peter and Apostle Paul. While we see that Apostle Peter led the Christian mission in Jerusalem and in Samaria and to places as far as um, Leda, Joppa, and Caesarea, uh, from chapter 13, onwards we see that the book speaks about many missionary journeys of Paul now um, other leaders which are uh, featured in the book of Acts are Stephen who happens to be the first Christian Mattia then we have Philip who announced the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch we have Barnabas we have Timothy we have Silas who of course were the um, companions of Paul and then we have the woman Lydia from the city of Philippi, Lydia. Now, if you are conversant with um, the setting I grew up from, um, you will actually know how it is pronounced. It's actually pronounced Lydia. Lydia, so uh, it's actually a name used to classify a set of ladies. Okay, so they are called the Lydia Auxiliary. So um, uh, funny enough, if we have some of them who have their names, their real names as Lydia. Okay, so we 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 address them as Lydia, Lydia. So funny, humorous, interesting ladies. Um, so we have the woman Lydia or Lydia, uh, the purple woman. Okay. And then um, we will see that from Acts chapter 19, uh, Paul met certain disciples at Ephesus. Now, of course, they were not born again because when he met them, he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And then they said, we have not even heard of any Holy Ghost. Oh, so they didn't know about a Holy Ghost. Praise God, and then Paul now asks, "Okay, unto what baptism then were you baptized?" And then they said, "Unto the baptism of John." Now, okay, Paul, Paul now presented to them how that they were meant to believe on Him that was to come after John the Baptist, which is Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! And then we see in that scripture, in that in that in that aspect, in that in that part, that um they were baptized in the name of jesus which means they were saved They the god baptized in the name of jesus it means they were they were they were born again they believed the gospel and then they were confirmed saved hallelujah and then uh we see that he he, they, they, he taught them for a space of three months in their synagogue hallelujah he began to teach them for a space of three months in their synagogue and um we we also notice a high level of unbelief in the synagogue so paul had to take apart um certain disciples um disputing with them daily in god's word in the school of one tyranus so he had to separate them these guys he had to separate them to himself and began to teach them um, for a space of two years This continued for two years And then we see that in Acts chapter 19, that same chapter, in verse 20, the Bible says that the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Praise God that the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. No, the very first time I heard this statement was from a dear man of God. uh, he says, or oh, I heard him say it like, oh, in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So, dear man of God, I love him so much. So, the Bible says that the word of God grew and prevailed in Ephesus. Now, What does it mean for the word of God to grow? We have a similar occurrence in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. We see how that um, the the disciples multiplied in the temple. And then there was actually issue in the administration of food. So Apostle Peter had to stand up and say, Oh, choose seven men among you who are full of the Holy Ghost, men of wisdom, who you can appoint over this duty while we give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. So we see that um, the Bible says in verse 7, of Acts chapter 6 that the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now, what does it mean for the Word of God to actually increase? It means that there was actually the abundance of teaching. Hallelujah. There was the abundance of teaching and also not just the abundance of teaching, but men came to know this truth. Many men came to understand what was said, what was preached, what was taught hallelujah the bible says the number of disciples multiplied so it means that the word did not just grow but the word grew in men there was not just abundance of teaching there was also abundance in the uh, there was also a there was also growth in the number of the disciples men that heard the word so much so that the bible says a great company of priests were obedience to the faith so priests as well were born again christ also got saved hallelujah so in Acts chapter 20, we begin to see how that, okay, Paul was actually on his way to the Feast of Pentecost. He wanted to meet up with the Feast of Pentecost. We see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 16. And then while at, at Miletus, he had to um, beckon, he had to call for the elders of the church in Ephesus, now um, he was about departing, and so he had to call for the elders of the church in Ephesus, uh, where he had labored for about two three years. He had taught them in the word, he had discipled them, and all that. So while he was about leaving, he had to make the parting statement. So verse thirty two, which happens to be our anchor verse, now he says, "And now, brethren, though that also makes it, that makes it clear that he was referring to believers." And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Hallelujah. So it says that he was referring to them as brethren. That means they were believers. Then he says, I commend you to God, which is to the word of his grace. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace and then it says the word of God is able to build you and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified now now what does it mean or what what is this word of the grace of God what is the word of God's grace hallelujah what is the word of God's grace now the word grace there Actually, is from the Greek word carries. You know, the, the word carries is actually a, a very common word. It's a common Greek word. You know, a lot of people may not even know it's actually a Greek word, but it's a Greek word, okay, which means something freely given. Something freely given. So, in other words, when Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, the word of his grace will therefore be referring to the word about what God has given freely. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace the word about what God has given freely so then this describes God to us as a giver so we see God as a giver what is this gift that God has given or what is this gift that God will give okay what is this gift that God actually God has given God has given he will not give this gift he has given this gift glory to God hallelujah now um, the giving of these gifts or the giving of this grace, which we'll see in a moment, will actually be predicated upon God's love. Okay? Like I say, it it will be predicated upon God's love. There's actually no true love without giving. Okay? Now, we can have giving without love. People can actually give without love. A lot of people give for different reasons. We can have people give for fame. You know, politicians give to be known, give to have, um, to to secure something, to secure a space in the hearts of people. You know, we have people give just because they want their names to be written behind a plaque or behind a chair, okay? This chair was donated by Mr. So-and-so, okay? This this boss was dedicated, or this boss was donated by Mr. So-and-so. But you see, the grace of God was not given because um, of any other reason than love. The grace of God was not even a response to a request. People give as a response to a request, but the grace of God was not given as a response to a request. It was not given as a response to a prayer. It was given predicated upon God's love alone. Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 16, we see that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So what happened? Did we pray to God to send his son down? No. Nobody prayed to God to send Jesus down. God loved the world and then he gave his only begotten son. Um, In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, we see Paul also speaking. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yes, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Why? who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Son of God loved me. The Son of God gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see that the grace of God will be seen in the giving of Jesus. Hallelujah. So when Jesus was given in death, we see the grace of God revealed. Praise God. So the grace of God was revealed. Because Jesus was given. The grace of God is actually the giving of Jesus. Um, However, it goes beyond the giving of Jesus in death, but also in the resurrection of Jesus. Actually, the resurrection of Jesus is the grace of God. The resurrection of Jesus is the grace of God. Because when we read the book of John, John, the gospel of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, talk with me quickly. From verse 37, we'll read from verse 37 to 39. John chapter 7, from verse 37 to 39. We see that in the last day of this uh, the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus speaking, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me. As the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we see that. the, the living water, the rivers of living water there was, um, Jesus was speaking of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So it means that everyone who believes on Jesus And those who believed on Jesus were to receive the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, the resurrection of Jesus or the glorification of Jesus, which is the resurrection of Jesus, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that was his glorification. Hallelujah. So in the resurrection of Jesus, the spirit of God was given. So this puts to us that the resurrection of Jesus was actually the grace of Jesus the gift of the spirit was given in the resurrection hallelujah so now let's read second corinthians chapter 13 we will see something quickly um here second corinthians chapter 13 from verse fourteen, this is actually a, a verse we use as a benediction. But I'd like to see, I'd like us to see something instructive here. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse fourteen. The Bible says, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all." Amen. Now, at this juncture, you know, I want to, us to point. I want to point our attention to something. Many times when we read this as a benediction, we do not um, recite, uh, we don't mention the first and there. We read it as the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Many times we use and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost still means one and the same thing. The word communion, the word fellowship is from the Greek word koinonia in the Greek, which means sharing together so now the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god the word and there is the word kai in the greek kai kai in the greek which means and also or even so likewise or which is we can say which is we can say that is okay um so if we read with this understanding we will we will see something very interesting so now it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's use which is, which is the love of God, which is the communion of the Holy Ghost, be with you all, or is with you all, better read. Hallelujah. So we see that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is not different from the love of God. It's not different from the communion of the Holy Ghost. They do not mean different things. They actually mean one and the same thing. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. We see the word and also mentioned. Blessed be God and father of our lord jesus christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ the word and there, blessed be god and father of our lord jesus christ is not talking about uh, uh two different entities it's talking about one and the same thing blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ let's be the god which is the father of our lord jesus christ okay another place where the word is used that will put um, more light to what we are trying to um buttress is acts chapter 10 verse 38 very common scripture acts chapter 10 verse 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him so the word and there how god anointed jesus christ with the holy ghost and with power the word and there is the word kai which also means which is so it doesn't mean that um god actually anointed jesus with the holy ghost and now say ah oh, my son take the holy ghost but the holy ghost is not enough now take power with it or take fire with it no <laughs> just kidding but it means god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost which is power with the holy ghost which is power praise god so this points to us that the grace of god is the love of god and is the sharing of the Holy Spirit. The word fellowship, communion, means sharing together, which means God shared his spirit with us when the love of God was expressed and we received that love. Hallelujah. On the reception of God's love, we share together with the spirit of God. Amen. We share in the spirit of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 it says and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost which is given unto us so it says that hope maketh not ashamed because why because the love of god has been shed abroad in our hearts. So it means that the love of God has been confirmed in our hearts. God cannot stop loving us. Why? Because he has shed his spirit or he has shed um, 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 his love in our hearts. And the proof of God's love to us eternally is that he has given us his spirit forever. It says God has shed abroad um, his spirit or his love in our hearts rather. Bless, uh, let's read it again, sorry. It says, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So the love of God has been confirmed in our hearts. Why? Because the Holy Ghost has been given unto us. The Holy Ghost has been given unto us. Praise God. So we see that the giving of the Spirit is also the grace of God. The grace of God is the giving of Jesus. The grace of God is the resurrection of Jesus. The grace of God is the giving of the spirit. Hallelujah. So now in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, we see that Paul says that the the word of his grace is able to build you up build you up, and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified, men, them who are sanctified. Now, it means that when we come to know what God has done in Christ, we are edified, we are strengthened, we are built up. When we come to know that God's grace For salvation has been given to us. God's grace for salvation has been given to us because we believe in Christ. He has given his spirit to us without measure. He has he has separated us. Okay. He has He has sanctified us. Look at it. Very interesting. He said, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. So the word of God is able to give an inheritance or is able to um give an inheritance it means is able to establish you in what you have received build you up and give you an inheritance uh, the better put it will mean that to give you an inheritance mean we actually have received that life we have received the inheritance actually we have received the inheritance because we have been sanctified Praise God. So the word of God is able to build us up and then establish us in the knowledge of the inheritance we have received among them which are sanctified. How are we sanctified? we were sanctified. The word sanctified, that means to be made holy, to be separated. Hallelujah. So we were separated. We were we were anointed with the spirit. We were separated. We were made holy. Praise God. And we read Titus. Um, Titus chapter 3, book of Titus, chapter 3, from verse 4, we get to see very clearly, it says, but after that the kindness and love of God as Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done according to his mercy, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he had saved us by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So how were we washed? We were washed by the re- washing of regeneration, which is the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So when we received the Spirit of God, we were washed. Ah, We have been washed. Hallelujah. We have been sanctified. Praise God. Now let's read further. Uh, verse 6 says, which is shed on us abundantly, how? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now verse 7, that being justified by his grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life so we have been made heirs according to the hope of eternal life so what did we inherit what are we hears of why heirs? Of the eternal life. We are heirs of the hope of eternal life. So when we receive the spirit of God. We become heirs of the eternal life. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. I'm so excited in this. <laughs> oh glory to God. So we receive the life of God. We receive the spirit of God. We were sanctified. We were. We received an inheritance. When we believe the gospel. And now. Paul says the word of his grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Now I want to put to us that it is this same word that gets the unbeliever saved that also builds the believer. Hallelujah. So when we preach to the unbeliever, we preach about God's grace in that he gave his son to die and that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, receive the spirit of God, receive the nature of God. So we are heirs of that nature. We are heirs of that spirit. We are heirs of that life. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So when the unbeliever believes this, he has received the grace of God. He receives the grace of God. He receives. The, the, the post-resurrection realities. He received the gifting of the Spirit. He receives the life of God. And then the love of God is confirmed in him. Why? Because God has given him the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is what builds the believer. So this is the same word that was preached in the book of Acts. We see it now that the Bible says the word grew and it prevailed. The word grew and it prevailed. So when the word grew, it meant that there was the abundance of teaching and then there was the abundance of what teaching? The teaching of God's grace. Anything that is not of grace is not of God anything that is not of grace is not of God so there was the abundance of the teaching of God's grace there was the abundance of the teaching of the gift of God salvation there was the abundance of this teaching and then the Bible says that the word grew how did it grow men came to know this truth men came to believe this truth and disciples multiplied Hallelujah. Disciples multiply. So it means the word prospers in men and the word prospered in much more men. Glory to God. I'd like you to say this word with me. I grow by the word of God's grace. I am built by the same. The word prospers in me and prospers through me. I declare the message of God's grace in every place. The word increases. And it prevails. Hallelujah. I believe you have been blessed by this word. I believe you have been so blessed by this word. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. Do well to spread this same message, this same good news, this same word to as many as possible. Hallelujah. And then for your feedback and comments, I would like you to reach out to me or you can reach out to me via uh, my email address imadekule1 at gmail.com imadekule1 at gmail.com imadekule is spelled E-M-A-D-E-K-U-N-L-E 1 at gmail.com imadekule1 at gmail.com and you can also find links to reach me on other platforms on my single page website my single page website um, at imadekule.disha.com .page page. still spells e m a d e k u n l e.disha.page hallelujah till i come your way with another amazing topic on this same podcast i am emmanuel adekunle thank you for listening god has blessed you amen